Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. I am so thrilled that you could join us today because we have a a guest today that's going to be talking to us about a program that I think is just exemplary. You know, a lot of our listeners are into the green schools movement. They care about children and their future, and and they really care about sustainable, healthy schools. And I feel like Boston Public Schools really has a comprehensive approach to exactly that, creating healthy, green, sustainable schools. And today we're joined by Catherine Walsh, who is the Sustainability, Energy, and Environment Program Director for Boston Public Schools. Catherine, welcome to Go Green Radio. We're so glad to have you on today. Thank you, Jill. It's an honor to be here with you. Well, I want to begin by having you tell us how Boston Public Schools defines a green school. What does that mean to your district? Well, our district really draws from our existing national uh, educational leaders and experts. So we draw from the Center for Green Schools, which really centers uh, reducing environmental impacts and costs, improving occupant health and performance, and increasing environmental and sustainable literacy as kind of three tenets that really applies to public education. And what's great is that aligns very well with the U.S. Department of Education's Green Ribbon Schools program. They have three pillars as part of that program. And very similarly, it's about reducing environmental costs and impacts, improving health and wellness of the occupants and the buildings, and then improving effective environmental and sustainability education. Um, But throughout all of that, the core tenant here for Boston Public Schools is centering anything we do around green schools, sustainability, environment, and climate change in justice, in an approach to equity, justice, and access across our district for all students, staff, and families. I love that. I love that. And we're going to talk about your focus on environmental justice in a little bit. But, you know, I'm a big fan of the Center for Green Schools. Um, I have been you know, affiliated and partnered with them since they started. Um, and I, I really appreciate the leadership that they provide to the Green Schools movement. In fact, we've had them on Go Green Radio many times, but I'd love for you to talk about how you personally and how Boston Public Schools have been influenced by the Center for Green Schools and their whole school sustainability framework. I couldn't agree more. They're very inspirational and aspirational for us, both the work of the staff at the Center for Green Schools, but also the resources that they provide to public education, like the whole school sustainability framework. Um, When I first came to Boston Public Schools, I was coming from higher education, and I had had the experience of being supported by a national network there. And so being able to come to Boston Public Schools, learn about the Center for Green Schools, learn about their K through 12 sustainability professionals network and get connected to their resources for our district was really critical um, for how we've set up the program here at Boston Public Schools and been able to grow our team. 
Um, mm-hmm. And thankfully, uh, the history of Boston Public Schools is very connected to them as the very first position here, very first staff position in sustainability at Boston Public Schools was actually one of their fellows back in 2011, Phoebe Byerly. Mm-hmm. I know Phoebe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's that's fantastic. And I think for a lot of school districts that are just beginning this journey to know that those resources are available, you can get on their website and get them for free um, is is pretty amazing. You you don't have to feel like you're alone. Now, I, I kind of want to pivot to your website. I love your website, bostongreenschools.org. And according to the website, you have nine focus areas when it comes to sustainability. And I'd like to give you a chance to talk about each one of those. So let's start with climate and energy. What are your goals in this focus area, Catherine? And what are some of your accomplishments to date? Well, as a department of the city of Boston, that's what Boston Public Schools is considered as a a department or agency within the city. We really look to the city of Boston leadership uh, for our climate goals. And so they have a goal of going carbon neutral by 2050. And that certainly involves focusing on how can we improve um, our renewable energy systems for, for buildings, energy conservation, Um, energy efficiency. So some of our goals have been working with them on a program called Renew Boston Trust. It's an ESCO program that's bringing deep energy and water conservation efforts to our buildings, including solar, which is very exciting. As you can imagine, schools Mm -hmm. really want solar um, as an Mm -hmm. educational tool as well. Um, We have a goal to kind of electrify our buildings. So getting fossil fuels out of our buildings to become carbon neutral. And along the way, we've really been focusing on using our school buildings also as community hubs, especially in times of extreme heat and cold, places that our community can come to if there are weather events um, to provide shelter and support. You know, it's it's kind of atypical for a school district to be a department of the city. In many jurisdictions, those are two very separate and purposefully separate government agencies. But I'd love to get some of your insights about how you work with the city on shared climate goals, maybe even some ideas about how school districts that are not part of the city's infrastructure or social infrastructure um, could partner with their city in in similar ways. Absolutely. The city of Boston, uh, particularly staff from various departments like the Environment Department, the Parks Department, Public Works, Boston Public Health Commission, Boston Water and Sewer, Grow Boston, these are all thought partners of ours. They really provide technical expertise that we can rely on to shape our goals and our operational programs. They often even provide funding. Um, Certainly our district budget comes from the city of Boston. So aligning our values, our goals as both a district and city is very critical when it comes time to financing the sustainability work that's happening in the district. Um, And most recently, in the past year with Mayor Michelle Wu, we obviously had the announcement of a Green New Deal for Boston Public Schools. And that is an investment in our school buildings to bring 
the best possible, healthy, green, sustainable buildings for a high quality student experience across all of Boston public schools. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm going to ask a follow-up on this because I think it's really a, a, a pretty inspiring example that you've got. And I'm wondering how you feel like it benefits the community, you know, as a whole to have the city and the school district so well aligned when it comes to sustainability and climate goals. One of the ways it can be so beneficial, especially if you're a resident living in the city, is that whether you're living at home, going to work, or going to school, you're getting this sense of same shared similar goals and practices. So Mm -hmm. much of sustainability can be around behavior change. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to implement the same programs, both at home and at school, it can really help a city and a district achieve their goals more effectively. Um, our city's recycling program is a great example of that. Our school buildings are actually part of the city's curbside recycling program. So what you're doing at home is the same as what you're able to do at school. Mm-hmm. That's huge because that does not happen in every jurisdiction. And it gets really confusing, even in my own jurisdiction. at at home, people can compost their cartons. At school, they go in the trash. So it's really, you know, it, it, it can be extremely confusing. So that's a, that's a great point. I want to shift gears and talk about curriculum. What is Boston Public Schools, uh, what are you guys doing in this area of sustainability? Well, our sustainability program is in the facilities department, and we have a wonderful interdepartmental relationship with some of our academics and professional learning partners. So for example, the science department, the STEM department, we have relationships with uh, a climate group and the Boston Teachers Union. And so through both central office academic partners and individual teacher champions, there's a lot of climate science that's being taught in our schools and throughout the curriculum. So BPS is addressing it through the 2016 Massachusetts science, technology, and engineering frameworks. Um, They're doing, you know, everything from weather observation to writing and journaling to using our outdoor classrooms. Um, There's open Syed materials. They're doing things like looking at the water cycle. Um, I think there can always be more. And I know that the teachers union is interested in infusing more environmental justice into the curriculum, Uh, but it's key that we're able to work as both operations and academic departments together, um, Mm -hmm. supporting that curriculum and using the buildings as living learning labs uh, for that curriculum. Give us just a a quick example of how the buildings are used as a living lab. That's that's a cool concept. Um, A great example is over at Boston Green Academy, and they have a, a Chapter 74 Environmental Science CTE program. They are using the building to study energy efficiency, looking at the utility bills. Um, They're using their garden to learn, you know, everything from growing to harvesting food to even selling it at their farmer's market. And that's all incorporating it into their curriculum. Hmm, That's really exciting. What what grade levels uh, are you hitting at that school? They are a grade six through 12 school. 
Ah, okay. That's that's really cool, Catherine. You know, I, I, what I love about Boston Public Schools is, again, and I'm going to use this word a lot, how comprehensive it is. I mean, it's not just on the operation side. It's not just leaning on curriculum. It's really, um, really quite comprehensive. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but we have so much more to talk about in how Boston Public Schools is leading the way in the green schools movement. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Clorox has been a leader in the cleaning industry for over a century, providing effective and innovative cleaning solutions as customers' needs evolve. The Clorox EcoClean product line offers a disinfecting cleaner, all-purpose, and glass cleaner made with EPA safer choice and designed for the environment approved ingredients to help facilities cultivate clean and healthy spaces. Clorox EcoClean, naturally derived products that get the job done. Learn more at CloroxPro.com. The Go Green Initiative is a nonprofit that works with K through 12 school districts to accomplish two vital goals, to protect children's health from environmental toxins, and to conserve natural resources for future generations. We believe no child's health should be harmed at school, so we work to ensure schools have safe, clean drinking water, clean indoor air quality, and food supplies that are free from harmful chemicals. Schools can conserve tremendous amounts of natural resources that their students will need in the future, so we help schools conserve energy and water, as well as reduce waste. These actions also decrease schools' greenhouse gas emissions, which lead to climate change. Children in environmental justice and low food access communities are the most impacted by environmental challenges. And the Go Green Initiative directs the overwhelming majority of our time and resources to school districts in those communities. To learn more and to support our mission, visit www.gogreeninitiative.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. If you're just joining us, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Catherine Walsh, and she runs the entire sustainability program for Boston Public Schools. And I just consider them such an exemplar of sustainability and green schools. Um, And you're going to hear more about how they have nine different pillars uh, to their sustainability program. It's very comprehensive. Catherine, you have a focus area that's labeled engagement. And I'd love to know what that means for Boston Public Schools. And what are your some some of your successes in that area? Absolutely. So one of the frameworks we look to for engagement is from the Center for Climate and Energy Solutions, and it's around education, empowerment, having a strong call to action, and then following up with recognition, being able to thank people and recognize them for participating in sustainability 
is very critical, um, just as much as being able to have that empowered peace and a strong call to action. Um, with 132 buildings, you know, 119 schools, it it's very at sometimes disparate in terms of mm -hmm. reaching people across the district. And so being able to provide programs that are at the school level, that are school-based, so that engagement is happening right there at a very local level and really tailored and unique to that school's particular um, culture and diverse needs is, is a key part to our approach as well. Um, and so some engagement examples include the programs that we do. So our zero waste programs led by Jenny Leary, you know, engaging in recycling and food waste collection, or even collecting textiles, which is used as a fundraiser for the school, um, engaging in energy conservation, doing sort of a turn off the switch campaign at the school. Mm -hmm. um, a number of our schools, and, and we highly encourage this to our schools, they participate in the Massachusetts Department of Environmental Protection's Green Team Program. That's a free state level program that provides green school resources to any school in Massachusetts. And it includes curriculum and activities that teachers are able to use with their students in the classroom. Um, things have certainly changed due to the pandemic, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. But what's encouraging is I think um, the community is sort of finally building back up that capacity to take on things beyond basic needs. They're looking to get more involved again in the way that they were prior to the pandemic. Um, so I'm excited to see what could happen because back in 2019, one of my most inspiring, like favorite examples of our, our students being leaders was the BPS students were at the forefront of leading Boston's global climate strike right mm. on City Hall, you know, hosting the mayor, hosting tons of speakers, just thousands of people showing up because of our student leaders planning that event. Um, they even marched on the state house. So I'm excited to see what's coming um, uh, with our students and teachers in terms of the level of engagement growing. Mm -hmm. Well, I was excited to see this as part of your program because you guys are very proactive, but in some districts when they have a sustainability problem, for instance, poor indoor air quality, uh, you know, poor drinking water quality, things like that, things that can impact children's health and cognitive ability, you're going to get engagement whether you mm -hmm. ask for it or not. And so if you embrace it, if you covet it and, you know, provide a, a, a vehicle for people to engage, you're much better off than trying to react when it comes in an unexpected form. So I think mm -hmm. that's such a smart approach. I noticed too that environmental justice is one of the areas that you guys focus on. And you got a very big district. In a district that size, how do you apply the principles of environmental justice? And how does that help create healthy green schools? I think first and foremost, it comes from the district's acknowledgement of looking at any history of racism and inequities in our district and in our city, acknowledging them and putting in place real programs, um, policies, procedures, actions, trainings, whatever it may be, to address that in our district, both at the staff level, 
but even in the curriculum itself and how we are engaging students, staff, and families at the school level. Um, and so that is a place often to start and looking at that root and history. Um, we certainly approach everything in our sustainability program through a lens of access, equity, inclusivity, and justice. And so it is important that we develop programs that, yes, can scale up and be applied at most schools, but that when we're implementing them at a school, that we're working directly with the school leader, the students, the staff, and families at that particular school to, again, understand their culture, understand the diverse needs that are there. Because mm -hmm. uh, the indoor air quality issues, for example, at one building may be very different at another mm -hmm. building. And so our remediation approach has to take that into account. Um, even the way we communicate, being um, accessible through different languages, making sure it's ADA accessible uh, communication materials, those all have to come into account when we're rolling out programs. Um, mm -hmm. The last thing I'll add is uh, a good example is our drinking water access program. Um, that's an equity issue. All students and staff in Boston deserve access to clean, safe drinking water equitably across the district. And so that's an initiative that's very dear to us. And when we're rolling out our programs, we use tools from the district like the racial equity planning tool and the opportunity index to determine how and when we're going to roll out to which schools. I love that. That that is so right on, Catherine. And you know, even in smaller districts, you will often have, you know, disparate conditions even in a unified school district um based on you know, a variety of issues, uh, you know, and historical investment in certain parts of town versus other parts of town. And so this is a really great example for others to follow. Last year, Catherine, I met you at the Green Schools Conference, and I was blown away, absolutely blown away by your presentation on how Boston Public Schools is approaching indoor air quality. And I know it's kind of like asking you to fit a Coke, you know, a watermelon into a Coke bottle, but um, I'd love for you to share some of the highlights um, with our Go Green Radio listeners. Sure. And thank you so much for that support. Um, you know, the pandemic shone uh, a light on indoor air quality in schools in a way that we've never had before. Um, and so we took that as an opportunity to really modernize and expand our existing indoor air quality management plan. Uh, prior to the pandemic, we were already committed to the EPA's IEQ Tools for Schools program. Uh, really can't recommend that enough, that program mm -hmm. to schools. The US EPA has wonderful tools. You don't need to reinvent the wheel, as you had said earlier. It's, it's there. Mm -hmm. um, but we needed to modernize our testing. We were doing manual testing. And that doesn't give you a clear truthful uh, look at what's happening at the air quality all day, every day at your schools. And the reason you want to know that information, that data, the sole purpose is to be able to take action, is to be able to correct anything that's an abnormality, any contaminants to address that, whether it's you're fixing an operational system or you're addressing behavior change and, and communications in a school. So we, uh, thanks to support from our leadership at the time, as well as the mayor, 
we invested in live monitoring system across the district using IAQ sensors. So we have sensors in every classroom, main office, and nurse's office across the district, as well as a rooftop sensor on every school building. So we have that localized ambient air baseline. And we are reporting all of that data onto a public dashboard so that anyone, even today's radio listeners, could visit our dashboard and see what's happening live with the air quality in our schools. Um, it's been such a critical tool for us since implementing that. We have been able to use that as a facilities team to respond to operational issues in the buildings. We've been able to use it to form an amazing research partnership with Boston University School of Public Health. We've been able to use it to seek grant funding, staff support, to actually invest more into improving our indoor air quality and environment health and safety across the district, including putting new HVAC systems in our schools, which is what we need. Um, and lastly, it's really created a, a connection tool for us. We have been able to connect with schools nationally and internationally because of this work. Um, and all of us together are actually influencing what needs to come, which is standards for schools in mm -hmm. indoor air quality. There are no existing regulations <laughs> that are mm -hmm. a requirement for schools around indoor air quality. And, and that really needs to change. And all of us working together in the schools movement on air quality are, are helping push us forward in that. You said a mouthful, Catherine. I mean, we've talked about this on Go Green Radio. Even just fairly recently, we had some of the EPA uh, tools for schools staff on to talk about that exact issue. There's no standards. I mean, indoor air quality can harm children's long and short-term health. It can impair their cognitive ability while they're sitting there trying to learn. And yet, uh, there there are no standards, even though we know this. <laughs> and so I fully support that and, you know, would love to continue this conversation because I think it's it's just vital for our little learners. Um, I'd love for you to talk to us about your outdoor teaching and learning focus area and give us some of the highlights of your successes in that focus area. We are so fortunate to have a legacy that's now just expanded thanks to the Boston Schoolyard Initiative, which over 20 years in the 90s into early 2000s, uh, renovated 88 schoolyards and created 38 outdoor classrooms. And since then, and thanks to the ESSER funding from the federal government, we have invested in school gardens, outdoor classrooms, green stormwater infrastructure sites, hydroponics. Um, we have more than 80 school garden programs now. Uh, we were also able to create our first ever outdoor teaching and learning manager position for the district, which has been vital to have someone inside the system that can actually design schoolyards with the schools. Um, and we really believe in outdoor teaching and learning as a space for social emotional wellness, mm -hmm. curriculum, physical activity, you know, you know, you name it. Nature based learning is key and we need that at all of our schools. Absolutely. And, you know, there are parts of 
Boston that are very urban. Um, and this may be some of the students' only opportunity to really get their hands in the soil and learn, you know, firsthand about some of these great science lessons that they can learn from a school garden. I love it. I love it. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have more with Catherine Walsh and Boston Public Schools. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. The Go Green Initiative is a nonprofit that works with K through 12 school districts to accomplish two vital goals: to protect children's health from environmental toxins and to conserve natural resources for future generations. We believe no child's health should be harmed at school, so we work to ensure schools have safe, clean drinking water clean indoor air quality, and food supplies that are free from harmful chemicals. Schools can conserve tremendous amounts of natural resources that their students will need in the future, so we help schools conserve energy and water, as well as reduce waste. These actions also decrease schools' greenhouse gas emissions, which lead to climate change. Children in environmental justice and low food access communities are the most impacted by environmental challenges. And the Go Green Initiative directs the overwhelming majority of our time and resources to school districts in those communities. To learn more and to support our mission, visit www.gogreeninitiative.org. Clorox has been a leader in the cleaning industry for over a century, providing effective and innovative cleaning solutions as customers' needs evolve. The Clorox EcoClean product line offers a disinfecting cleaner, all-purpose, and glass cleaner made with EPA Safer Choice and designed for the environment-approved ingredients to help facilities cultivate clean and healthy spaces. Clorox EcoClean, naturally-derived products that get the job done. Learn more at CloroxPro.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us as we talk with Catherine Walsh about Boston Public Schools Sustainability Program. Do me a favor, everybody. Open a new tab in your web browser and go to bostongreenschools.org. There is the, the where you're going to see the epicenter of all of the work that they're doing, and it is vast. They have nine different focus areas and uh, just Uh, an unbelievable amount of resources and information about each one. Catherine, I want to give you a chance to talk about some of your accomplishments in the focus area uh, labeled transportation. And all credit to the Boston Public Schools transportation team. They've really helped move us forward in this work. Um, And an exciting announcement, they actually were just named as one of the recipients of the latest round of the EPA's Clean School Bus Program. Congrats. Um, Yes, so they're getting a $20 million grant to purchase another 
50 electric school buses and deploy those, uh, adding to the 20 that they've already put into the fleet and that are active and on the road. Um, so they have done really great work, um, hard work to kind of move us forward with the goal of electrifying the entire fleet by 2030. Um, another example of our transportation efforts in the district, um, and again, tying back into that justice and interdepartmental collaboration piece is Safe Routes to Schools program and our anti-idling policy. And both of those are well supported and connected through our district wellness policy. Um, this idea of promoting walking, biking um, to school instead of using cars or even using the tea. You know, uh, our district provides free tea passes. Uh, that's the MBTA, excuse me, the public transit <laughs> system um, to our students so that they can be using the, the public transit system as well to get to school. Um, and again, all of that is number one, to reduce our carbon emissions as a district, but also to just expand as equitable access, safe access to getting to and from school. You know, one of the things I love about what you're doing, and, and it's based on, you know, having been in the green schools movement for almost 25 years, I've seen so many schools and school districts um, have very scattered um, efforts and they may be their safe routes to school program in a completely different category than their energy conservation program. And yet they're both under sustainability. And I feel like the fact that you guys have, you know, put all of this together um, in a in a comprehensive and focused program makes so much sense. It helps people in different departments in different parts of the district see how their work is so aligned and and overlapping in many cases. I mean, you know, there's a Venn diagram <laughs> to all of this, and you guys are are capturing that. I think that's that's really exciting. You know, one of the things that we've talked about on Go Green Radio a lot is water. Um, everything from water supply to water contaminants, and just like you mentioned, that there are no national standards for indoor air quality um, in schools. There is no national mandate for schools to test for lead and other contaminants that can create long-term damage to children's bodies. And I'd really like for you to talk to us about Boston Public Schools' water testing efforts and some of the things that you do to ensure safe, clean drinking water for your students. You are absolutely correct, Jill, on the, the standards piece. And I think our history and work with drinking water actually even helped set us up to be um, trusted with the air quality investment as well, as we had gone through that with the drinking water. Um, prior to me arriving, there was an issue um, with lead in the drinking water at Boston Public Schools. There was a number of schools that the majority, in fact, that didn't even have accessible tap water. Actually, the majority of schools were being served drinking water through five gallon bottled water served on mm. coolers, um, which is not accessible. It's a huge waste. It's a huge mm -hmm. cost, both financially and staff capacity. Um, and you're having water delivered constantly to schools every day. So we worked with the district, again, keeping that focus of justice, equity, and access, and really looking at 
sustainability through the lens of a healthy school environment for our occupants. Uh, we worked with the city of Boston, Mayor Walsh at the time, to request an investment in uh, installing and testing filtered bottle refill stations across the entire district. Um, and a lot of that was driven first by having a really strong water policy. We have a very strong, rigorous water policy for our district. It's something we got input on from MassDEP's wonderful water program, the EPA, Boston Water and Sewer, Boston Public Health Commission. Um, and we, we are focused on testing and remediation. So we test every unit of use for drinking or food preparation across the district at least once annually. Um, prior to turning anything new on, it's tested three times, all for lead, copper, and coliform now that we're using filters. Um, and we have a wonderful water manager, Audrey Ng. She has been going school by school, transforming them from bottled water to these wonderful filtered bottle refill stations. And we've been able to show through our data that we have gotten the lead down. We're getting anything from undetected to under one, because um, as you, and, and where we find anything above, we're taking action, whether it's flushing, changing a filter, changing pipes, changing the unit, uh, to focus on the fact that there's no safe level of lead for children. That is that is awesome. And and I mean, I can't help but think that that builds, as you mentioned, a lot of credibility as you moved into indoor air quality, but a lot of trust as well on the part of the community to say, hey, my kids are getting safe water at school. And that's a big deal. Um, community trust is something that you have to continuously keep an eye on. And, and I just think that's tremendous. Um, you. you. You bet. You know, there's a lot of East Coast... Uh, schools that are part of their greater microcosm of of water infrastructure, and in some places, stormwater management can be a really big issue. Um, talk to us about how you manage stormwater in Boston public schools. Absolutely, yes, because flooding, coastal flooding, um, has been a real issue for us as a city, and certainly in our schoolyards. Um, we're fortunate enough to have one of the nation's leaders on, on green infrastructure working for the city. That's Kate England. She's the director of uh, green infrastructure for the city of Boston. And when she was previously working for Boston Water and Sewer, they brought five green stormwater infrastructure sites to, to our schools. And that started that um, practice, which is now part of our design standards for new schools and, and large renovations that we are incorporating things like rain gardens, um, bioretention areas, bioswales, tree pits and trenches uh, to address stormwater from an environmental perspective. But they also had the foresight to create curriculum to go with it. And again, mm. tying back to that idea of schools and schoolyards as a living learning lab for sustainability, how can you use these models or systems in our schoolyards as part of the curriculum. Um, and thankfully, we've been able to now, with Audrey's help and Michelle Martinat, our outdoor teaching and learning manager, incorporate that into our larger outdoor teaching and learning program. Um, again, helping teachers and students get outside so that they can 
have nature-based learning. Um, and it certainly doesn't have to be science-based. It can be ELA, history, literature, food justice, um, physical activity, you name it. That is fantastic. Again, comprehensive, um, you know, is, is the operative word. You guys are just so thoughtful in the way that you map out all the ways that these programs can benefit students. I know we talked a little bit about zero waste earlier and, and, you know, we've covered this in a separate show on Go Green Radio, but I'd love to give you a chance to talk about some of the highlights of your zero waste work in Boston public schools. Recycling, I find, has always been almost like the gateway for many <laughs> sustainability yes. programs. You know, it, yes. it's such an engaging, fun, um, ac- active way for schools, especially teachers and students, to, to engage in that. And certainly, we're fortunate enough in Massachusetts and the city to have various waistbands and laws and resources that are are also requiring that. So that helps us as a district know that we need to focus on this as a compliance issue as well, um, not just because it's also the right thing to do. Um, so some of our progress has been having a longtime single stream recycling program. We just, again, thanks to Ginny, launched our first ever food waste collection program this past year, and that's addressing both front of the house food waste, um, so in our cafeterias, but also back of the waste, uh, back of the house, excuse me, food waste in our kitchen. So wonderful partnership with Food and Nutrition Services. They've been an excellent partner with us on this program, our drinking water, and even our hydroponics program, um, which we have in our school cafeterias. Um, but in addition to that, we're p- providing waste stream uh, services for e-waste, hazardous waste, textiles, and partnership with the city dealing with furniture and books, you know, kind of those common waste items within schools Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and providing educational resources and free equipment is really key, right? Everything from signage to an actual guide on how to engage in zero waste in your BPS school. Um, Mm -hmm. Really proud of all that collective work that has happened and uh, grateful for the city and state support on that. Your website, uh, you know, in that particular area of, of, you know, the zero waste pillar of your website is just chock full of really pragmatic resources for schools. I mean, everything from an order form, you know, for bins to signage, it's really um, almost turnkey. Um, for schools to interface with the district. And and recycling is one of those things where it can be a, a little bit of a push and pull between the school district and operations and the school site, um, marrying up, you know, the, the needs at the campus level um, with district expectations. But you guys have really outlined the resources they need so well. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have much more to talk about with this amazing school district just killing it at sustainability, Boston Public Schools. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Clorox has been a leader in the cleaning industry for over a century, providing effective and innovative cleaning solutions as customers' needs evolve. The Clorox EcoClean product line offers a disinfecting cleaner, all-purpose, and glass cleaner, 
made with EPA Safer Choice and designed for the environment-approved ingredients to help facilities cultivate clean and healthy spaces. Clorox EcoClean, naturally derived products that get the job done. Learn more at CloroxPro.com. The Go Green Initiative is a nonprofit that works with K-12 school districts to accomplish two vital goals, to protect children's health from environmental toxins and to conserve natural resources for future generations. We believe no child's health should be harmed at school, so we work to ensure schools have safe, clean drinking water, clean indoor air quality, and food supplies that are free from harmful chemicals. Schools can conserve tremendous amounts of natural resources that their students will need in the future, so we help schools conserve energy and water as well as reduce waste. These actions also decrease schools' greenhouse gas emissions, which lead to climate change. Children in environmental justice and low food access communities are the most impacted by environmental challenges. And the Go Green Initiative directs the overwhelming majority of our time and resources to school districts in those communities. To learn more and to support our mission, visit www.gogreeninitiative.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. And we're talking with Catherine Walsh. She runs the sustainability program for Boston Public Schools. And you've got to check out their website, bostongreenschools.org. Got a question for you, though, Catherine. I mean, your district is very well organized around your sustainability goals. But it's one thing for the district to set goals for sustainability. But how do you get individual schools on board and ensure that they are working toward the district goals. What's your strategy? Yes, I think that's part of why we've made sure to have um, at our the central office level such a rigorous program, such a large amount of resources for our schools and have everything so clearly laid out um, so that we can really lead by example and model. Um, I would feel disingenuous even as a leader and, and public servant to ask our schools to participate or engage in anything if if we weren't doing it ourselves first. Um, mm-hmm. You really, it, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. And so that's one of the ways we've been able to connect even with schools is once they learn what we're doing um, at the central office side, what we're doing from operations, um, that can really help break down any barriers and, and help open doors for their engagement. Um, once they see how supportive we are about providing free resources, getting funding for them, um, being very responsive as a team, you know, following up and addressing their concerns, taking them seriously and showing them respect as, as our schools, um, that goes a long way, again, to building that trust and relationship so that schools then want to engage in this work and 
and feel supported to make it unique and tailored to their particular school community. Um, I'm really grateful and appreciative of the amazing team I have, um, like the managers that I mentioned, the environmental division and the energy division. We have high expectations for ourselves, and and I think that shines through when we're engaging with the schools. Um, and the last thing I'll add is you can't beat face to face. You know, we we've become such a remote world, but working in schools really requires connecting at the school level, being able to engage on site. Um, and so that also goes a long way, uh, coupled with our district policies that are um, kind of showing, again, modeling and lead by example. I love it. At the end of the day, Catherine, all this is for the students. It's for their health and safety now, and it's for, you know, what they're going to need in the future. How do you guys evaluate the impact that all of your sustainability work is having on the students? Thank Full transparency, evaluation of work can always be better. That's a that's of a gross area. Um, but some of the ways that we've uh, done that so far, anything from surveys, we'll collect information from both our partners or our teachers or students about what's happening at the school in relation to our programs. Um, we are going on site to the school, as I said, and we're meeting with student environmental clubs. Um, the O'Brien School, for example, has an amazing environmental and recycling club. And just meeting with them and providing that advice, uh, we see kind of how our programs are working or not. Uh, we'll get feedback from different student leadership groups like the Boston Student Advisory Council or the students from BPS that are on the Mayor's Youth, Youth Council, excuse me. Um, and oftentimes we're going straight through teachers as well. Teachers um, are a great connection with students, especially in K through 12. It can be very different than higher ed, which I'm used to, where you're working more directly with the college students yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I think the other thing that helps me connect personally with students in our district is I'm a BPS alum. I graduated from a BPS high school. And so being able to share that connection and even my start in this work, which was as a student environmental leader, um, can help us have a touch point for understanding, are we making any progress? Um, the last thing I'll just add is I love as we see the progress and even the operational impacts like the air quality sensors or the drinking water fountains or the gardens. Seeing that students now expect that, um, mm -hmm. they don't know any different anymore, as opposed to years ago, they might have only known bottled water or no green space in their schoolyard. I want to get to that point where it's just a given um, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. they does they have this and it's not something they're lacking um, and that it's something that they're used to. That will be success, I think, in a way. I love that, Catherine, because none of these things should be a luxury. None of these right. things should be something that's only for a certain select group of students. I, I absolutely love that. 
What do you see on the horizon for Boston Public Schools sustainability over the next, say, three to five years? What are your goals for that time frame? Um, number one, we're going to learn to continue being flexible. <laughs> I learned that uh, before the pandemic. I, you know, we never predicted what an impact um, a global pandemic was coming and, and that it would have on our priority priorities. So I think that's an overarching goal is to stay flexible to the changing times and be able to pivot when certain sustainability issues become more paramount. Um, but really focusing on working with the city um, of Boston and the BPS capital planning team on the Green New Deal for BPS, that's really going to be focused on major renovations, capital projects, improvements to our building stock. Um, continuing to uh, uphold healthy school environment issues, so the indoor air quality management, pest management, annual school audits, the work of the leading environmental team is always going to be paramount. And again, thinking ahead, what's our next issue we need to be focused on? Um, and lastly, just also continuing to expand our outdoor teaching and learning programs so that every school has a pathway for that so that every student is experiencing that before they leave Boston Public Schools. Um, as we continue to do our operational work, that will always be key is how do we connect it back to the curriculum, back to the engagement, back to the health and wellness of our, our students, staff, and faculty. Those are inspiring goals. I love it, Catherine. We have a, a little over a minute left, and I want to ask you a personal question. Um, many of our listeners are young adults, and they're early in their careers. They would love to have a job like yours, but they don't know the educational and networking path to achieve that. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and give our listeners some career advice? Sure. Um well, one thing I learned through my journey is that the job you have someday may not even exist yet, and mm -hmm. you may actually be the one to create it. So that's advice I always love to share. Um, you know, I started out in this work as a student leader, like I mentioned, in, at Boston College, and the jobs I ended up having at UC Berkeley um, and now BPS, they, they didn't even exist. And so being part of that journey of being able to create sustainability positions, the first ever at the, both institutions, um, has been very impactful on my life. Um, I've also learned, seems obvious, but no journey is linear. Um, I had an amazing college experience, graduated, you know, with a very robust resume, lots of awards, and spent the first two years after college unemployed or underemployed or working yep. not in and, my field. <laughs> and look at you, what an inspiration, you know, and where you've come. Catherine, I just loved having you on the show. I hope you'll come back again soon. Thank you to everybody who joined us today. We'll, we're going to be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green.
Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.